Okay, everyone. Well, welcome back to Same Time Next Week podcast in 2022. So exciting. We have Maddie Ciccone here on the podcast today. So she's a soul cycle instructor here in Boston and the creator of Wicked Fearless coaching and podcast. So welcome. Yes. Woo. Hey, Thanks for coming. Up? I'm so excited to be here. Do you want to give everyone just a little backstory on yourself and tell everyone what you've been up to? Yeah, totally. Uh, well, I mean, there's the entire story of like where I started in um, LA post-college and I was a Hollywood assistant and did all these things. And then I got burnt out and I went into fitness and that led me to auditioning for Soul Cycle. Soul Cycle landed me here in Boston where I was brand new. I had like literally no followers. I didn't know anybody. Um, I had no name for myself in the fitness community. It's pretty popping here in Boston. And um, that was about six years ago. And I've just kind of made Boston my place. And I don't know. I, I I'm just doing the damn thing here. I've been fighting Love through it. this lovely pandemic, you know, as a fitness instructor, it's been a real time. What a time to be alive. And in the process of the shutdown, I decided to start creating a lot of different businesses for myself beyond, beyond the bike and Ooh. wicked fearless, uh, was kind of birthed out of that when I couldn't go in and do what I love to do. I was like, how do I serve my community well beyond? And that's when I kind of put my mind to it and created my coaching program. Uh, the podcast happened like two months before pandemic. So actually I've never really Amazing. podcasted outside of the pandemic, which is like nuts to me. Yeah. And yeah. And we're just, we're just keeping it rolling. I mean, that's kind of a very very short version. Um, like, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret version, but <laughs> great book. <laughs> great book. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to delve into any and all of it and talk about all the things. So, well, can I, can I, cause I like, we have like set of questions, but just hearing your story, like, I'm like, wait, so like was LA and like the Hollywood scene, everything people say it is. So I lived in Los Angeles. Uh, I graduated. So let's take you back a little bit. I went to school in Nashville, Tennessee for entertainment and music business at oh, a college. So fun. Yeah. I feel like you well, lived in all the hot spots. Yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of have, um, New York, LA, Nashville, I guess if you want to call Boston, a hot spot, hot spot <laughs> yes. city, a tri city. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a real, the tri cities. Um, but so I went there for entertainment and music business and my first, I actually was out there for my senior year. I did my spring, like my glory semester. I just like peaced out. I was like by college <laughs> and I went and I interned for Ellen DeGeneres. And so that kind of got yeah. my feet wet in um, LA. And then I just, I was so laser focused on like, I'm going to go to LA. I'm going to like be something like I, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I just got this like this bug in me to, that's what I wanted. I wanted to work in entertainment. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I obviously have like a very big performance background from like musical theater and singing and instruments and all this stuff, dance. And I was like, I'm just going to go out there and I'm just going to figure it out. Um, and so that is kind of what I did for around six years. I worked so many different jobs, mostly landed as an assistant, executive assistant, personal assistant, um, worked for a lot of crazy people, 
um, did all the crazy things. I don't know if I could say it's like all, I don't know what it's cracked up to be. Cause I feel like I lived in like a very, like, it was very like the us weekly and the tabloids and like Lindsay and right. Paris. And I lived in LA during that, like really glitzy time. Whereas now I just don't feel like it's really like that. Yeah. yeah no um, TikTok back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think about all that now and I'm like, thank God, thank God we didn't have the kind of social media we do now because I'd probably, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I'd be in jail. I don't know where I would be. Like, but no yeah, it was about it. Yeah. I mean, I still do. I still do. <laughs> this is so random, but this is what's coming to my mind because it's so hot in my mind right now. I watched the Brittany Murphy documentary. Have you guys seen anything no, about yes. that on Netflix? But I've been meaning to watch okay. this and I just watched one of her movies and I was like, I need to watch. Okay. This you're going to get sucked in, but basically oh, yeah. it was that era in Hollywood where I totally, you get so <laughs> caught up in the party scene and all of it that you really like deep, I deeply understand how it can like make or break you and it could wreck you in so many different ways. So it's LA is always going to be like a love hate relationship for me forever and always. Um, because it really is that thing, you know, you look at like child stars or how did Lindsay end that? How did, and I, I like lived through it. So I'm like, no, I know exactly how it happened actually. And I can tell you like the steps of like what happened. And like, I always say you either make it through that or it kind of like eats you alive and you just, into the, into the ether. Yeah. (laughs) Into the ether you go or worse. I mean, um, right, but I yeah, feel like Lindsay Lohan and like um, Brittany Murphy, you know, I mean, there's Lindsay's this trying- like early 2000s group of, yeah. of what had like, it hard. Yeah. The simple life, like all that um, when Jessica Alba, like pre baby, pre company, it's just <laughs> like there was this like kitschy group of 2000s actresses and like that like golden like very glit like very it reminds me of us weekly remember when you would get those tabloids and you would like pan through them and be like who's doing what and where it was very voyeuristic and kind of dare I say it kind of like toxic so yeah yeah, is it cracked up to all it's meant to be I mean yeah there's a lot of cool stuff out there I mean the clubs are cool the restaurants are cool the scene's cool it's hot all the time you can like surf and hike and do all this dope stuff all day every day I always say 75 and sunny um but there's also this like really dark side I feel like to it as well right like you can't get lost there because I mean because then you might go like your mental health might suffer, oh, but your gonna, mental health is like zero at yeah. a zero. But you've lived in New York and Boston, right? Yes. So when I be, when I auditioned for soul cycle, you go to soul cycle training in New York. So I actually spent Ooh. a whole summer in New York training Amazing. and doing the whole New York thing. It was really, really fun. It was a summer of 2016, I think. And, um, it was cool going from LA to New York was pretty aggressive though. Like I was like, I was so shell-shocked. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Hi everyone. I'm here. Sorry. I'm late. She made it. Great to meet you, Maddie. We've been really excited to have you on and talk to you. I'm so excited. We're just talking about all the things. Our listeners sometimes think that I get fired because I don't show up (laughs) to these calls. And it's not for lack of not wanting to be here. It's just because work conflicts sometimes. So for our listeners, I'm still here and they haven't gotten rid of me yet. (laughs) I'm still very much a part of this. We almost made a joke that like our podcast name is Corporate Gals because it's like, oh, sorry, like... (laughs) 
People call until like 6.30. Like, I don't know. It's just funny. No, it's funny. <laughs> so you like Boston more than New York, than your time living in New York? I, I don't feel like I spent enough time in New York to know if I would like it over Boston. Mm-hmm. That's like trying to decipher whether you like one child more than another. I think yeah. that I would have had to live there for an actual time and have like a real job and a real apartment and not be like sleeping on my friend's couches and like just being a peasant for the summer while I was like <laughs> literally there trying to like make it whatever. Yeah, it that's fair. So you've been an instructor since 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. exciting. Yeah. So this will be like going on I I think my six years was in September or something like that so five or six years and then so going on six six or seven with the company and then being an instructor so awesome pretty wild so <laughs> I feel like soul cycle is obviously very popular taking over the world here and like everyone who does it I feel like is very committed and loyal to soul cycle and so I'm just curious what brings like people back. Like I asked Sophie one time to do a Barry's class with me one morning. It was like Wednesday morning. I was like, when I go to Barry, she's like, I can't, I have my soul cycle class. I go to every week on that time. So she was committed to going every week and seeing you. So I'm just curious. There are those moments where you have like this awesome energetic class. It's sold out. Energy is freaking popping. I call them like unicorn classes, but they're like not all the time. You know what I mean? Okay. It's yeah. How you have a great day at work. And then, you know, some days are shit, you know, it's, it's, it's your job. But mm-hmm, right. I think what makes people mm-hmm. come back is a sense of community. The more I talk to people, especially uh, this range of like just out of college to like early mid thirties, it's like, you're just shot out into the world. Maybe you were in a sorority. Maybe you had, you know, you had mentors in college, you had teachers, you had places to be, you knew what to do. You had structure, you're shot out in the world. You might be in a new city with no friends. You are, you're in a new job. Like everything is new and you have zero structure. And then in comes something like soul cycle or another, you know, boutique fitness studio. I think this is what made boutique fitness so hot was like, yeah. it was a place outside of your work, outside of your, your normal close knit group of friends. Cause maybe they're not interested in it. And it was a place that you could completely disconnect, but yet be so much a part of something and it would get you moving. So it's like endorphins. So you're like, hi. And then the music's great. It's like going to a concert. And then the instructor says something and you're like getting therapy in church. It's like the wildest <laughs> experience of your life. So it's like, how do I even put a label on that? I'm like, I always say you get dragged kicking and screaming and then you get obsessed with it. When I started at the company, I actually worked the front desk at Equinox in West Hollywood because I was poor in LA. And I was like, I want to be right. part of like this in crowd and everybody goes to Equinox. So I was like, okay, I'll work the front desk. And so when you work the front desk, you obviously can work out for free. So I was like, all right, cool. Right. Like I'm in the in crowd, like I'm in the place. And it was actually like, dead ass one of the best places to connect with wow. people like because obviously everybody that's going to equinox in west hollywood has to talk to you at the front desk so if you have half of a personality and a brain you meet everybody and you make these amazing connections and then like i've danced in people's weddings like i was part of like a gym wow. like it's one of the coolest i mean that is what these boutique places are, they create this whole other community outside anything you would never touch. Right. Mm -hmm. So I worked the front desk there and then I was always aware of soul cycle. And so when I, I actually got let go from the last 
advertising agency job I worked at. And I remember I've told this story on my podcast. Like I was crying in the parking lot, like in my Jetta, like in LA. And I'm like, oh, like what am I? Hot girls drive Jettas. I, I was going to say, just saw the other woman. The other oh my God, I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, and I'm like, what am I going to do? And my friends are like, Maddie, you go to the gym before work. You work like a 12 to 14 hour day. And then you try to go back. Like you need to be in fitness. And so I was like, okay, if I'm going to work anywhere, I'm going to work at like the Mecca right now. And this is like when soul cycle was like 2000, like 12, 13, 14, like just booming. And I was right. like, I'm going to work at soul cycle. And it just became like that thing, you know, when you're younger and you're like, for me, it was like, I'm going to go to Vanderbilt. Like it was just like random, but like, you're just like, you're just pick it. Like what it was just like, what it was for the me. I was like, I'm going to work at soul cycle. And so I went through like a lot of interviews, a lot of process, like didn't get it worked at another place for a little while, then tried to go back again, finally got hired. And I was a studio manager. So I was like working behind the scenes. And then I started riding a lot because I could ride for free, ride on shift. Um, And that's kind of where the love happened. And I dead ass never wanted to be an instructor. It's uh, like, I didn't go to that company and be like, I'm going to be an instructor. I was like, I'm going to work in marketing in New York and, or the LA (laughs) office. And I'm going to do marketing and like, marketing, yeah. you know, you like to do like <laughs> everyone marketing. loves marketing. Yeah. yeah I'm going to do marketing. And that was just totally not what happened. And I started writing and then I started being put up on podium, which is where like the master senior instructors will teach from the floor. And you basically are there, like their body on the bike up there on the podium. And I was doing that for a lot of different people. And I have this rule of three where everybody's like, oh, you should do it. Oh my God, why don't you do it? Why aren't you an instructor? And just after hearing that like hundreds of times, I was like, maybe like, I don't know. And so that kind of is what started that journey and led to literally eventually where I am now. Also, I have a screenshot of your story, not creepy at all, but I really wanted to ask you about it. Julie sent it to us and I was like, we have to ask her about this because you mentioned like feeling like you're on a hamster wheel Mm. on your story. And it's funny because Tom Brady's wife, Giselle says the same thing in her book. Like she felt like she was so anxious and didn't feel like fulfilled at all. And I think it was, it's just such a good message for you to have sent to your followers because people probably look at like your post and think like she has it together all the time and like you sharing like you had to go through things to get to where you are now I feel like is so helpful you know I am so excited this is like the second conversation I've had today where this has come up and it's literally what I'm recording about is like quite literally like I got a DUI in LA and I'm going to tell the entire story and it's literally just about that where I'm going to the cool gym and I have the hot job in the penthouse and everybody thinks I have it all together and really I'm a fucking train wreck inside and that is so it's so true in so many ways like we we think from the outside and now it's even worse because like when I was in college, post-college Instagram, like wasn't even really a thing. Now it's so bad because everybody, and I see this right now, it's like they're, everybody's posting about like, oh, I just got a job. I just got a job. And I see all these kids that are like, well, I don't have a job yet. And like, it's crazy. It's creating this like crazy. I don't even know what's like this hysteria over what it's supposed to look like. And, and, and this whole like, oh, well they have it together. Or this looks like the perfect relationship. It's like behind closed doors. That could be an absolute tornado. It could be like a toxic, horrible mess. And you're over here comparing your great life to someone else's like glossed over Lightroom picture. I'm like, we have (laughs) to pull away from that somehow. And I, I don't know. I don't know because we are so into these apps and the TikToks and the reels and whatever. So I don't have an answer, but it's, 
it, I mean, I think that when you have people that are willing to actually tell it like it is, it opens up, I always say it opens up the door for vulnerability because what's personal is universal. So if I'm talking about it, I know that there's someone else out there that's clicking and be like, holy shit, me too. And I feel like as the leader and the mentor and the coach that I am, I am cool with that because I've explored, like, I'm going to talk about, I'm so jazzed. No, we're loving it. But like, I, there's very few deep, dark, like corners of my soul that I haven't explored. Like I've definitely, when you were like, how is LA? I'm like, it was so, I have gone through some dark shit. And because of that, I can hold space for people in a way where other people might not be able to, because I've walked through it. Like I don't have skeletons in my closet and the things that I felt guilty and shameful of, I've done a lot of work to try to not feel that way and try to feel good about myself in the chapter that I'm in. And so I think that I, I can talk like that. And I can talk from that place of like real authenticity and being vulnerable because it's like, you can't hold anything above me. Like, yeah, I was a total fucking piece of shit and I had nothing together and I was drinking and doing drugs and I was a horrible person. Now what? Right. Like you, you don't right. have anything on me and that kind of knowing yourself and being able to come to terms with that. And then forgiving yourself and going through healing with yourself, you show up as a whole different, you show up as a whole different beast. I love honestly. That. And yeah. I think, and that's what I feel like, like, why would you not share? Because the people that aren't sharing are the ones that want to look like they have it all together because they're hiding some part of themselves. So if you don't have mm-hmm. anything to hide, then you, that's how you come off. You just come off like, Hey, me too. Everybody's got, everybody's got stuff, honestly. So yeah, it was kind of a tangent, but no, you're speaking our language. Yeah. (laughs) I was just recently listening to your like podcast. The one about like the Cinderella effect, I think it was like early December. Mm. And I think that is just something so cool. Like that you put into words. I feel like a lot of people might not ever like know how to do. So basically saying like, oh, you want to like change the way you talk to yourself in your mind or the change, like, oh, I have anxiety. So like, we're just not gonna have anxiety anymore. Like tomorrow's a new day. We've got this. And you're like, you can't just expect it to be like over in the next day. Like you have to put in the work. And I think that's something like I kind of realized this past year, I was like, okay, like I'm going to be more positive and talk good to myself and like do a good like morning routine. But then I realized towards the end of this year, I was like, I am on my phone a lot. It's not great for me. Like I can tell. And this year I'm like, okay, well each day in January, like you need to say positive affirmation. So like now I'm starting to realize like, it's not the Cinderella effect. So I thought that was so cool that I listened to the podcast right after hearing that. Oh, I love that. I love to hear that. Yeah. I think that everybody wants like an easy button. One of my favorite people. So I listen to, I am constantly on a loop of listening to stuff. Like that is what keeps me going. It's what keeps me positive. It's what literally gets me out of bed when like, like this morning when it was 6am and 17 degrees, and I'm taking the tea to seaport to teach. And I like literally want to dive off the freaking bridge into the water and be like, see ya. <laughs> um, I'm always listening to like stuff on loop, like Steve Harvey and Joel Osteen, Stephen Furtick. Like I always have like a pastor or something or a podcast or motivational. I always have stuff on my favorite thing is Stephen. uh, Steve Harvey has one. It's like, you can't take the elevator to the top. You have to take every single stair. And it's really like, we have glorified this whole, like easy and getting it like right out the gate is so glorified lately. And yet hard work is it's like shunned. It's like almost like if you have to work hard or if it's a little bit of adversity or if it's a little bit too, then, then you wanted it to be, then it's not for you. 
And right. I think that the pendulum needs to to swing back big time. I sometimes get in my head about, okay, well I should have this, or I should have this. And like, especially right now, you know, I'm 33. Um, a lot of my friends are married or have kids or get engaged and do weddings. And I'm like, am I fucked up that I don't want that right this second? Or like, like, and I feel like this, it's like, I just feel like it, we're constantly in this societal pressure cooker based off of what we're seeing on social media, because I would not feel like this 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Now our parents didn't feel like this. And like, while I know there's so much good, there's so much good that can come out of it. Like I can have conversations with people all over the world. I can talk to people about cycling in Mexico and like wherever. And, you know, people have reached out to me from all over the country during the pandemic. Like, Oh my God, I did your workouts every day. And I'm like, this shit is bananas. But then we also have to be able to notice when we're getting in that analysis paralysis and comparing ourselves all the time and putting ourselves down. Cause that's where it, like that negativity just like sinks you like rock. Yeah. How do you think you stay grounded in just knowing that and having this perspective that you have? I think I give myself a, a, a pretty good amount of grace. It's something I work on because I definitely am like type a perfectionist Enneagram eight Virgo all the way. <laughs> so I really have to work. I have to work on that. I have to be like that. It's like, give yourself a break. Like no one's got it figured out. My favorite mm-hmm. thing. I just heard this recently, Steve Harvey. Again, I don't know. I'm on Steve Harvey kick. He was like, nobody gets, <laughs> nobody gets out alive. Nobody gets out alive and you can die on the sidelines or you can die on the field. And that mm-hmm. like blew my mind this week. I was like, oh, <laughs> where, why yeah. is all this pressure coming from? You know? And mm-hmm. I think that one, you have to forgive yourself. We're all human. I'm going to feel like that. I'm, it's inevitable that I'm going to feel like that. It's in front of me at all times. Um, and it's just forgiving myself. Okay. Like I'll have the thought Now, what can I do to change the way I feel right now? We've been, so many people are like in the last six months, I just feel like I hate my job and hate everything. I'm like, yeah, we've been, our resilience muscle is all set. Like we are, we are done being resilient. We are, we have fought through it and it's still here. And I always say, they're like, Mads, I, I'm doing the gratitude. I'm doing this. And I'm listening to the podcast. And I'm showing up and I'm trying all the things. I'm trying to be positive. And I'm doing the post-its and I'm doing literally everything. And then immediately I'm like, you either have, you have to get in surrender mode, like, like let go and then get in service. Because when you're calling someone else or helping someone else, or just being in that energy, it will shift your own energy. Maybe if you're like fixating too much on one thing, then mm you kind of need to like let go and then focus your energy elsewhere. And then maybe it'll like come to you. So say like, Oh, you're trying to work so hard on changing your mindset, but you're not seeing changes. So like you can give back to the community, like you just said, and then, you know, hopefully the energy will. Yeah. You just kind of get, get out of like the eye. A lot of times when you're like, Oh, this isn't working for me. It's like, you're emphasizing on the me, I need yeah. I. So if you just kind of like focus the energy on other people or where can I help? Like it can be as simple as if you're having a really shitty day and you call a really good friend or like you just call someone and you ask them how they are. And like, again, you hold space for them. Um, and maybe they're dealing with something similar. And again, then you just like have this really organic, great conversation where you both might be feeling something, but kind of like bearing the weight by yourself or just kind of going at it alone. I would say like going the rope a dope by yourself with life. 
And then you come from that conversation and you're like, wow, I feel so much better now. Like nine times out of 10, when I call some of my best friends who like are still in Nashville or California or wherever, we don't talk all the time, but when we do, we have like such great conversations. And when you leave, you're like, you just feel like life makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You like, don't feel so alone. I think a lot of times, like you, we try to do it all alone. We try to go at it alone. We try to bear the weight of the world alone. And that's just not, that's not how it's supposed to be, but we get so like in our head and we don't want to share and we get like nervous and anxious. I mean, that's where all this bad land shit comes from. It's like all kind of the narrative we stir up in our own mind. And then the second we share it with others and you, and then you realize it's whole like me too effect of like, gosh, I thought I was friggin' insane. And right. here I am in a group of 12 other girls that feel exact the same way. And I'm like, I could have, I could have not felt like this, but we were also afraid to share and talk about it. And then once we did, everybody felt better. Can you tell us about Wicked Fearless and how you started that? So it was, it's another pandemic baby, pandemic puppy. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I got one of those too. Mine was a real dog. <laughs> You're like, mine was real. And um, so when we were shut down for soul cycle and couldn't ride and couldn't serve in person. And yeah, I was jumping around and flapping around on Instagram live and trying to do all the things and throw all the different ideas at the wall. I was, I had been involved in other coaching programs with my mentors on how to build businesses, what it could look like, blah, blah, blah. And I just decided, I was like, okay, there is so much more that I have to offer than like these little, like, you know, mic drop moments and like golden nugget moments that I say in class, like there's so much more to them. And so I was like, I always wanted to like create my own thing, like hence beyond the bike. And I just sat down and built out a tangible program, kind of taking all the questions I was constantly asked, like there's about 10 or 15 questions. I am constantly asked whether it be a podcast or someone wants to get coffee and pick my brain or like random DMS. Like I'm constantly asked the same questions, probably 10 to 15 questions. And so I was like, okay, if I were me in this position, what would I want to hear? And so I just built out this eight week coaching program that is Wicked Fearless, where we get together every week and have very similar conversations to kind of what we're having now, but they're very much more structured and um, they drip. I have like all this different content that's built out and you drip it out every week and they all have kind of different pillars and the weeks have themes of what we're going to talk about. And then we get together in community and we just talk about it and everybody brings their stories and their experiences. Um, and I talk about mine and that it's kind of like, that's what it is. It's not more complicated than that. I think right now, maybe right now it's like very, it's, it's very, I, I, it's like coaching, coaching, coaching. It's like this thing. I see it all day, every day. And maybe that's just because that's what the algorithm's feeding me or whatever, but it's like a very hot kitschy. I, I use that word a lot. I, I like what <laughs> like, I hope I'm, hope I'm friggin' using it. Right. Um, it's just, we like, don't even know. Yeah. It's like very hot to trot right now, but I think all, all, a coach is, is like a mentor, someone you trust, somebody who's walked a similar path as you that you look up to. And you're like, holy shit, like 
they did it and I want to know how they did it. And I think in my position, like if you are someone that has valuable experiences that you've learned from and that you somehow survived and been able to like pull yourself up from those bathroom floor moments or those major failures and like falling down, then like, if you are that type of person that wants to serve others, then it is cool to like reach back and grab someone's hand and be like, Hey, this, I'm going to help you through it. And that's basically, that's really what it is. It's kind of different. I don't know. I mean, I've, I know a lot of people, um, do a lot of things, but I, and there's like formal coaching, like you said, but I mean, I've really never heard too much about like this sort of mentoring thing where you can like build a community and kind of like change your mindset and like really, you know, make those actual changes. So I think that's really awesome. Yeah. I think I didn't even realize what I was doing. I didn't even realize that I was picking up all the different materials and things to actually, it's like, I almost feel like I went to school to do what I'm doing just because I stayed curious and I was constantly seeking. Like I, I was handed a book that changed my life. I talk about a lot. It's called spirit junkie by Gabby Bernstein. It talks about, I love her. Exactly. Yeah, and that led me, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that led me to another book and I've literally read all of her books religiously, which then led me, she, I think she talked in about the book to a lady named Christine Hassler. She read, has also written so many books, but she wrote a book called expectation hangover. And I read that. And then like, I got curious and then I reached out and then I was going to like small groups out of her house. This lady is massive now. Oh, so I'm wow. talking like a long time ago. And I was just, I stayed curious. And then I found myself like, Hey, do you want to go to this yoga festival? Sure. I'll go to that. Hey, do you want to go to Bhakti yoga and like dance and chant on a Monday night in Santa Monica? Sure. I'll go to that. And it just became this thing of like, I found myself on like, you know, going to sound baths on Friday. Friday night and like going to tribal dance parties with like Shiva Ray at like exhale yoga in Venice. And it was always just like, Oh, it's like spiritual. Like, that's what I mean by like, I always thought it was just like yoga, yoga books and yoga, but really what it was, was like figuring out who the hell you were and like working through these like trauma and like shitty experiences. And I didn't even know what I was doing. And I just stayed on that path. And that kind of led me to where I am and having all this, like this wealth of knowledge about all this stuff, but it's like, I studied it. And I, I think mm-hmm. of it like, it, that's like the school of life, right? You can't, there's no class for that. There's no college for that. Right. And yeah. So it kind of organically happened through that path. I was just going to ask, you should write a book. You were telling me about books. Like I would love to read a book by you. Yeah. I really want to write one. I have to be honest. Like, I think the only thing that's made me put it off is I'm such a better or more eloquent speaker than Mm -hmm. I am a typer. So I actually, this is so weird. I just had this conversation with someone else. We are basically (laughs) very aligned. Yeah. You're like in my brain, get out of my brain. So when I was in high school, I had too many band electives. So somehow I like slipped through the cracks and I like never took typing, like computer typing class. So if you watch me type, it's like really painful. I'm just like, (laughs) I use like two fingers, but I'm real fast. Like people will always be like, oh my God, it's so weird watching you type. Like, what are you doing? And so I somehow slipped through the cracks. So honestly, that's the only thing like, I really want to find the technology. It's like, I know there's like dragon ad, a bunch of stuff out there to just tell stories and then have someone else or like have the computer. Yeah. Like talk to like te- the ghost te- type yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But like talk to text, like on your phone, like I, it has to be like, I have to buy like a way more expensive program or something. Cause like talk right. to text, I'll like send it and I'll be like, I don't even know if that was English. So 
your part, your social media names so that people can follow you. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. So basically I always say like, I have a website, I have all the things, but it goes down in the DM and on Instagram, always at Mads Tads, M-A-D-D-Z-T-A-D-D-Z. Woo. Yay. Cool. Well, this has literally been the best. This is like what me, Sophie and Colleen talk about every day. So this was great to have someone else to spitball. This was so fun. So thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Mads. You're the best. You're welcome. I'll see y'all soon. Bye. 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 Bye.